It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Tuesday. Welcome into Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It's Tuesday, March 29th. I'm just here to be a vessel of love, just be a conduit of information, sports love, and uh, that's what I was put on this planet to do. Me and Will Smith. We're just here to be vessels of love and nurturing in this crazy world we live in. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. To join in on the conversation, 384-1450. The Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's is a perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need. To get your day started, like fresh coffee, delicious donuts, visit my friends at Thornton's and hit me up on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Uh, usually I say a lot to get to today. Not a lot to get to today. We are in that odd part of, part of the year where the NBA is winding down. The NCAA basketball tournament, both men and women are winding down. We've got three men's games left. We've got three women's games left. The Masters is nine days away. Baseball is nine days away. NFL owners meetings are going on, so there's a little news out of that. But again, it is slowing down, especially in this part of the country that loves college basketball so much. We have no um, no guns in the, in the uh, fire here. We have no irons in the fire. We don't care who wins. Well, we care. We don't want... Duke to win. I don't want Kansas to win. A lot of people don't want Carolina to win. I don't think anybody cares whether or not Villanova wins in this particular area. Right? No Kentucky, no Indiana, no Louisville, no Tennessee to hate. No Purdue. If you uh, hate Purdue, God love you. But we're just winding down. Last night, what we saw was really, really good basketball. Riveting basketball played by the women in college in this country. If you watch the Elite Eight men's portion of the tournament, those games were not good. All four, not good. Villanova beat Houston 50 to 44. Houston was one of 16 from three point line. It was just not fun to watch. Duke beat Arkansas 78-69. That was probably the best game of the weekend, and it wasn't that enjoyable. And then on Sunday, it was brutal. Kansas over Miami 76-50. North Carolina over St. Peter's 69-49. And unless you are a fan of one of those four winners, that was tough to watch. It was hard to watch. The two women's games last night were unbelievably riveting, especially the first game, which I'm not going to talk a lot about. Connecticut beating North Carolina State 91-87 to in double overtime. It had everything. Three-pointers at the buzzer. Should we foul? Shouldn't we foul moments? Um, block shots, great defensive plays. Silly fouls. And... Clock management by two coaches who knew what they were doing. 
coaching calls by two coaches who've been there a while and know what they're doing. Now, NC State got hosed. They did. They got hosed when the bracket came out because the Wolfpack were the number one seed in the Bridgeport, Connecticut region. That's not fair because the number two seed was UConn. If you're the committee, you cannot make this mistake again. A number one seed in the Elite Eight should never be playing essentially a road game. And that's what this was. This is a University of Connecticut team. It's not the University of Stores, Connecticut. It's the University of Connecticut. And they're getting to play in their home state. Remember a few years ago, Louisville was a, I think they were a two seed, maybe a three, and they had to go play number one seed Connecticut in in, uh, Albany, New York, uh, right across the border. And it was a home game for UConn. That was different because UConn was the number one seed. NC State was the one seed last night, and they were playing essentially a road game. They had fans in one section of a sold-out arena. It was a home game for Gino Ariyama and, U- and UConn, plain and simple. And it should never happen in the Elite Eight that the lower-seeded team is the home team. Shouldn't happen. Connecticut should have been shipped elsewhere, whether it's Wichita or Spokane or wherever else they play. They had to be sent somewhere else, and they weren't. And it came to fruition last night. That game started, and even the public address announcer, who was supposed to be excited for both teams. I was in Indianapolis for the first round of the tournament. Uh, Kentucky played uh, St. Peter's. Tennessee played um, whoever they played. Michigan played Colorado State. And anytime anybody scored, the PA announcer was very excited, and it didn't matter which team. That's how it's supposed to be. It's a neutral site in theory. These are neutral sites in theory. Kentucky can't play in Rupp Arena, but they can play in Louisville. Louisville can't play in the Yum Center, but they can play in Rupp Arena because those are quote-unquote neutral sites. Bridgeport, Connecticut, and I'm air-quoting here, neutral site. It wasn't. It wasn't, and it was unfair to the number one seed. When you're the number two seed, you've got to be shipped out of your state, at least out of your state, right? It wasn't, it wasn't fair, bottom line. And now you got three number one seeds in the women's Final Four and a two seed in UConn. When really, if you, it would have been like, NC State playing in uh, Greensboro, that game being in Greensboro last night, and NC State being the two seed, or the, yeah, the two seed, UConn being the one seed. That's the equivalent. That's the equivalent to what happened last night to NC State. If, it had, if the shoe had been on the other foot and the seeds had been flopped and the game was in Greensboro, North Carolina, or Winston-Salem, North Carolina, I would be saying the same thing, completely unfair to UConn. Last night was completely unfair to the Wolfpack. But it is what it is. They advance now. They'll play Stanford on Friday, second game, defending national champion Stanford Cardinal. And Louisville will play South Carolina, number one team in the country, 33-2. Louisville's 
was uh, that was fun to watch last night too. Now, luckily, I have ESPNU. I feel bad for the people who don't have ESPNU, and there are some out there. Because this doubleheader last night was on ESPN, and the first game goes double overtime. Yikes. Uh, They didn't get to the Louisville-Michigan game until well into the second quarter. Louisville wins at 62-50. It's their fourth Final Four under Jeff Walls. Um, They ended the game on a 10-0 run. Michigan went scoreless for the last five minutes and 40 seconds. And that is what this Louisville team is all about, is defense. And they changed something up in the postseason. They've gone to more of a full-court zone press that has flummoxed their opponents. They put Emily Engsler on the front of it. She has long limbs, and she gets a lot of deflections, knocks the ball away a lot. And it is difficult to get the ball up the court against this cardinal pressure. And it was great last night, and Jeff Walls doesn't use it the whole game, but he brings it out when they need to have it. And they needed it last night once Michigan had closed an 11-point lead down to two. And they got some turnovers. A lot of contributors last night for Louisville. Haley Van Lith, the sophomore, was the MVP. She had 22 points. She's the first Louisville player in the history of the game, to have four consecutive 20-point performances in the NCAA tournament. Angel McCautry never did it. Shoney Schimmel never did it. Asia Durr never did it. So that's pretty good company to be in, and they didn't do it. She's the only one that's done it. She was uh, named MVP of the Wichita region. Again, 22 points, a lot of those late in the fourth quarter. And if you watch the game, you saw the Michigan coach interviewed between the third and fourth quarters and uh, of a close game, was asked, what do you need to do? Well, we need to make sure we know where Haley Van Lith is and not let her beat us. They couldn't do it. She was great last night. Uh, now, she did uh, throw a few expletives at the, uh, in the postgame. <laughs> hey, it's emotion, okay? I think we can live with a few expletives during uh, happy emotion. I'm sure ESPN didn't like it. I'm sure there will be an F- it's an FCC violation. Don't worry, Douglas. I'm not going to repeat anything she said. But uh, Haley Van Lith was emotionally overwhelmed after that game, as was Jeff Walls, as were a lot of those players and coaches. But Haley Van Lith was great. Uh, Chelsea Hall. They don't win that game without the first half that Chelsea Hall had. She had 13 of her 15 points. In the first half, she averages about seven points a game. She was great in the first half. Great. Uh, Olivia Cochran, who had three points and three rebounds in the previous game before fouling out, did not have a good game last night for about 37 minutes. But in the last three minutes, she got a steal. She grabbed some rebounds. She got two buckets. And she stemmed the tide. She she sort of helped slow down the Michigan run. And then that last five minutes, as I mentioned, Michigan didn't score. And part of the reason was Olivia Cochran didn't let them score inside. Block shot, steal, and just solid defense. Emily Engsler, who also made uh, all region, was one for nine from the field. 
one for nine from the field. Yet, she was the second best player on the floor. How? Well, she had 16 rebounds, four assists, six steals. That's called contributing without scoring. Remember Anthony Davis in 2012? Wasn't one of the top scorers on that Kentucky team. Doesn't mean he wasn't the best player on that Kentucky team. He was. He affected the game in so many different ways. That's what Emily Engsler did last night, the Syracuse transfer. Couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Couldn't hit water if she fell out of a boat last night. And I started counting rebounds because the first six possessions for Michigan, Engsler had five rebounds. And I said, I'm counting rebounds here from this, from this cat. She is tearing it up. 16 on the night. Kiana Smith had 11, a couple big threes early. So contributions from everybody, which is what you want to see. If you're going to win a national championship, you can't have anybody taking a night off. You can't have anybody not contributing. And Jeff Walls did not go deep into his bench last night. We saw Alana Smith for a little bit. We saw Mikasa Robinson, who also had a big steal late. That's about it. Uh, we saw Liz Dixon. I don't think we saw anybody else. He trusted these starters. And now, South Carolina, 33-2. and two. That's the first game Friday, 7 o'clock ESPN. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Because I started watching at 7 last night, and it was difficult to catch the first part of that Louisville game because the NC State-UConn game was so riveting. And I know I've used that word before. Could not take your eyes off of it. It was tournament basketball at its best. Unlike what we saw in the men's tournament on Sunday. Or, or even Saturday for that matter. It was incredible. Um, I hope the men's Final Four is at least half as interesting as this these women's games were last night. If they get that, they'll be fine. The men's tournament's interesting this year because it's on TBS. It's not on CBS. Now, CBS is probably pretty angry. They made this deal because they wanted to keep their Saturday night lineup, their TV lineup. I don't know what it is. Blue Bloods, is Tom Selleck and Blue Bloods still on? Dukes of Hazard still on? I don't know. I'm, maybe that's old school. But they wanted to keep their Saturday TV lineup, so they said, okay, we'll we'll move the semifinals and the championship, for that matter, over to, to TBS this year. Well, you're missing out on Duke Carolina. That's not good. First time Duke and North Carolina have ever played in the tournament, and CBS has given away the game to TBS. Ted Turner, the late Ted Turner, and the Superstation, remember them? If those games, and I, I throw in Villanova versus Kansas as well, are half as exciting as these women's games last night, then you got something. But you better give me some good basketball because I had bad basketball over the weekend. I had really awful basketball. Houston couldn't shoot. Miami couldn't do anything right in the second half. St. Peter's went back to being a MAAC team. And Arkansas, they were okay for a little while, but it fell apart quickly. And Duke uh, didn't play great, but they took advantage of poor Arkansas play. 
Carolina, they've gotten better, but they were playing St. Peter's. Villanova, they lose one of their best players late in the game, and they scored 50 and still won. They scored 50 and still won. And Kansas, Kansas had played great in the second half. But they played far, far, far from great in the first half. They were down six to Miami. I saw four teams last night getting after it. Getting after it. Leaving it on the court, playing solid basketball. Michigan didn't score in the last 540 of the game. It wasn't because they played horrible. It was because Louisville's defense was that good. And if Louisville can continue to play defense that well, not only do they have a shot at South Carolina, but they can cut the nets down come Sunday evening. All right, we'll take a break. Um, a vote on the sports betting bill in the Kentucky legislature may come in the next 48 hours. We'll talk about that. Going to start uh, getting into the NBA a little bit because we're getting close to the end of the regular season. We are getting very close. My Celtics only have – Six games left. Most teams have about eight games left. And we're getting down to it. The Celtics went from the number one seed in the East last night to the number four seed uh, because of an overtime loss. That's how close things are in the East. Uh, LeBron and the Lakers play tonight. Are they going to make it to the play-in tournament? I doubt it. Will Kenny Payne start putting his staff together? Now is the time, I believe, uh, because we are just – there's only four teams that have coaches – unavailable that are left. Also, some NFL news, including a new twist on uh, what may be an overtime consideration, overtime rule consideration next year. All that and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. I'm breaking the, the uh, studio. Uh, broke the microphone. Had to move over. Sorry, Matt Dennison. I'm in. I'm in the grown-up chair now. I'm in the big chair. Matt, the Matt Dennison seat. Eminem Cards Highline is open. 384-1450. 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. You can also reach me by, through the uh, Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. That's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Texter says, hey, Rex, Ted Turner is still alive. All right, good call. I did look it up. He's 83. He's worth two over $2 billion now. Um, so he doesn't have to do anything anymore. But, yeah, Ted Turner's still alive. Uh, Rex Chapman made the mistake on uh, his coverage of the men's tournament of saying, I think, Pete Gillen had passed away. And uh, that was not true. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, you can call me Rex. I've been called worse by better people, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, my bad. Ted Turner, still kicking. Don't forget the uh, Big X golf cards are ready. The card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2022 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com, or you can call 812-725-1457. That's 812-725-1457. Play Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, 
Valley View, Elk Run, and Christmas Lake, under $25 around with cart included. Get yours today. Supply is limited. Uh, there will be a vote taken probably by the end of this week on the sports betting, uh, legalized sports betting bill in the uh, Kentucky legislature. Senator Damon Thayer, however, said today that religion is what's keeping some of the senators from supporting legalized sports betting. I find that very interesting. And I give T.J. Walker credit for this. I'm, re- I'm checking it on Twitter. And he says, and this is a great quote from T.J., religion does, not, does allow the following, horse betting, the lottery, scratch-offs, keno, casino gambling at church picnics, slot machines, etc. Now, they're not called slot machines. They're called historical horse racing machines. You should know that, T.J. But it does blow my mind that in this day and age, every state that surrounds Kentucky, now that Missouri is legalizing sports gambling, every state that borders Kentucky has legalized sports betting. It's embarrassing. It is money that this state, myself included, continually gives to other states to support those states. Believe me, I've given my share to the state of Indiana and will continue to do so. I have no problem with that. I will continue to support education or whatever else I'm supporting in the state of Indiana. Usually every Saturday morning between 9 and noon. I'm very supportive of the state of Indiana. It's embarrassing that the state of Kentucky is so far behind, not only in this area, but in all areas in the United States. It's, uh, I, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. Hey, did you know the NITs tonight? Yeah. St. Bonaventure and Xavier play at 7 o'clock, followed by Washington State and Texas A&M. That's the men's NIT in Madison Square Garden. By the way, Madison Square Garden is sort of pulling out here. They're backing out of hosting the NIT semifinals and finals starting next year. And the Yum Center in Louisville may bid on those. I'd, I'd love it. Now, I know it's the NIT. I know if I had asked you who's in the NIT semifinals at the beginning of the show – you probably couldn't have told me those four teams. Right? To be fair, you couldn't have told me those four teams. But if it was at the Yum Center tonight and there's no other basketball going on nor the college basketball going on, I would go. I would go watch St. Bonaventure and Xavier. I would go watch Washington State and Buzz Williams' Texas A&M squad. Why not? It's college basketball. It's the semifinals tonight, and then I guess the final will be uh, Wednesday night in Madison Square Garden. Now, it's an end of an era because MSG has been the home for the NIT for as long as I can remember. And I, even though I can't remember what I had for breakfast, I can remember long-term. I, my long-term memory is good. And I don't ever remember the NIT not being in Madison Square Garden, semifinals and finals. So, to me, that's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. But it would make me a lot happier if I could go to the games down the street next year, regardless of who's in it. Who knows? 
Louisville could be playing in it. Indiana could be playing in it. Kentucky could be playing in it. We don't know. And that's the beauty of the transfer portal. That's the beauty of NIL. We don't know who's going to be playing where next year. We don't know who's going to go to the NBA or who's going to stick around for another year because NIL is too good. I'm going to make more in the NIL than the NBA. I saw a college football stat this year. The uh, Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama, made more money than some NFL quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks. He made more money from his NIL deal than a starting quarterback in the NFL made, some starting quarterbacks in the NFL made. So you're not using the... Uh, excuse of I've got to go take care of my family here. And you're not using that anymore. Tony Burke wants to know would I pay to go to the NIT. No, I wouldn't. I'd get a press credential. Actually, I would pay to go to the NIT, but I wouldn't have to pay to go to the NIT. I would pay, depending on the teams, yes. Maybe not tonight. St. Bonnie and Xavier and uh, uh, Washington State and Texas A&M, yeah, maybe I don't pay to go to those games. But you know what? This is a good college basketball town. I don't know how many people show up in Madison Square Garden for these games tonight. I'd like to know. I would venture to, to uh, I don't know if I'd bet on it, but I would venture to guess that if these games were being held in the Yum Center tonight, you would get more people than you will get in Madison Square Garden tonight. Is that fair? St. Bonaventure probably going to bring some fans. It's not, uh, I think it's a Philly school, right? Uh, Pennsylvania school. I could be wrong. Look, I thought Ted Turner was dead, so maybe I'm wrong on that. But St. Bonaventure, I think, will bring some people. I don't know how many people are coming from College Station, Texas, or from Pullman, Washington, or from Cincinnati to uh, go up and watch these games. But, yeah, I would pay. I would pay. As long as it's not, you know, Rolling Stone ticket prices. I'd pay. Sure, why not? All right, uh, before I get to the NBA, in fact, I'm going to hold off on the NBA till next, uh, the next segment. Tiger Woods is practicing at Augusta. He practiced Sunday. His uh, private plane was spotted in, at the Augusta Regional Airport, and he is going to try to play the Masters. Now, he's got a lifetime exemption as a former Masters champion. He's not taking anybody's spot in the field. It's not like if Tiger decides to play, somebody gets knocked out. That's not how the Masters works. Um, I don't know if he can do it, but you know what? I'm not putting anything past this guy anymore, right? I'm not putting anything past him. We thought he was done a while back, and since since then he's won a Players and he's won a Masters. It's easily his favorite tournament to play in. He knows the course better than anybody has ever known the course, knows how to play the course better than anybody's ever known how to play that course. And he wants to play. And I get that. He should want to play. The fire is still there. The question is, can he walk 72 holes at Augusta? Because I've been to Augusta. The Bonnies are from New York, the texture tells me. Yeah, well, then they should have a good crap. I've been to Augusta, it was, you know, late 30s, early 40s, 20 years ago, and uh, to a practice round. It is a lot hillier than any other course I've ever been to. 
and it's a lot hillier than it looks on television. Television does not do it justice as far as up and going. I mean, you are constantly either walking up a hill or down a hill. There are no, there are very few flat areas at Augusta, other than, I guess, the greens, and they're not really that flat. They're on an angle, too. I don't know if he can do it. I promise you CBS hopes that he tries to do it, and ESPN hopes that he tries to do it, because that's free viewers there. Everybody will turn in to see if Tiger can pull it off if he enters the Masters, if he decides to play. And I'm guessing in the next couple days, all he, or in the last couple days and the next couple days, what he's doing is walking that course. He's not, you know, he's hitting some shots, but that's not the key here. He knows where to hit the shots. He knows how to hit the shots. He wants to see if his body, if his leg will physically allow him to walk Augusta National Golf Course. He's a, you got a person here that's lucky to be alive. You got a person here that's lucky to still have both legs, even though one is rebuilt. He's lucky to have them both. He came very close to having one amputated. And here we are 14 months later, 14 months after the car accident, and he's in Georgia trying to see if he can play 72 holes on a difficult walk, a very difficult walk. If there's any way he can do it, he'll do it. Now, I don't know what his doctors are telling him. My guess is the doctors are saying, look, if you can handle the pain, your leg is, is going to recover. You're fine. It's never going to get better. It's never going to get worse. There's going to be pain if you try to do this. If you can deal with the pain, then the doctors probably will tell him we have no problem with you doing this. Here's a guy, if you remember, broke a bone and uh, finished and played an entire 18 holes the next day against uh, uh, Rocco Mediate, I think, in the U.S. Open with a broken bone in his leg. He can deal with the pain. The question is, how much pain can he deal with? And can he continue to walk up and down those hills on that surgically repaired leg? I hope he does. It's the Masters. I'm going to watch anyway, right? I'm going to watch it no matter what. But a lot of people are not going to watch it unless Tiger Woods is playing. And you'll see every one of his shots. You'll see every one of his shots. A unknown player could be on the verge of shooting a 60 with a 20-foot putt on 18, and if Tiger's hitting a chip shot on 13, you're going to see Tiger's shot first. And he's eight over. It doesn't matter. You're going to see Tiger's shot first because he brings viewership to any golf tournament he's in. Any golf tournament he's in. The ratings skyrocket if Tiger Woods is in the field. All right, NFL news. The uh, overtime rule is being discussed at the uh, owners' meetings this week. Now, there are now, what we heard today, what we heard yesterday, there were two suggestions. A, suggestion one, which I like, both teams get the ball. That's it. 
you get the ball. We saw it in the playoffs last year. Again, it's happened before. It happened to the to the uh, Chiefs a few years back. They didn't get the ball. New England eliminated them from the playoffs. And then it happened last year in favor of the Chiefs. They got the ball. They scored. Josh Allen and the Bills never got the football. The number one recommendation from a couple of teams here, the Colts, which are one of those teams, said, hey, look, let's just make sure each team gets the ball in overtime. Pretty simple. You can keep it at 10 minutes. Both teams get seven, then it's still a tie. The game can still end in a tie. But it's not sudden death, and the team that loses the toss, the coin toss at the beginning of overtime, is still going to get the ball at least once. Option number two, and this was uh, suggested by the suggested by the Tennessee Titans. If you get the ball first in overtime and you score a touchdown, if you go for two and get it, then the game's over, you win, and the other team does not get the football. Well, I don't like that one. I don't like that one at all. I want both teams to get the football. This morning, Albert Breer. Of Sports Illustrated, uh, he's there covering the meetings. He reported that the latest is, and we don't know who, I don't know who suggested this, I don't have that information, but the latest proposal is to just continue at the end of the fourth quarter. All right? So let's say the Bengals have the ball, it's a tie game, they've got it at their own 40, and the clock runs out. Well, we start the overtime, the Bengals still have the ball, it's still on the 40, it's still second and eight or whatever it was when the regulation ended. And you just continue from there, sudden death, first team scores wins. I hate this proposal. I hate it because it does away with the two-minute drill at the end of regulation because you don't have to score in two minutes. You don't have to get in field goal range and kick a field goal and score. If the game's going to continue and you're at midfield, you're not in a hurry here, right? You're not in a hurry. Two-minute warning means nothing. Two-minute drill means nothing anymore. There are no walk-offs. You don't have to attempt a 50-yard field goal at the end of regulation because the clock is running out. You can just say, okay, we got, we got a few more plays. We'll, we'll pick up 20 more yards, and it'll be a 30-yard field goal, and we'll end the game that way. This is a ridiculous proposal in my opinion. It's called continuation of the fourth quarter. Basically, it's like doing the same thing you do between the first and second quarter and between the third and fourth quarter. You switch sides of the field. That's it. That'd be the only thing you do. Dumb. Really dumb. Don't like it. Other NFL news quickly. Uh, Taysom Hill was told by New Orleans today, or yesterday, I guess, he's going to play tight end. Not going to be the quarterback. Now, you remember when Sean Payton was the coach, uh, Taysom Hill signed a contract that paid him a lot more money if he plays quarterback and a lot less money if he plays tight end slash H-back slash fullback. If he plays quarterback, he's going to get paid kind of like a pretty good quarterback. But if he doesn't play quarterback, the salary dips immensely. Well, Sean Payton's not there anymore. Dennis Allen's the new coach former assistant at uh, New Orleans, and he has he came out yesterday and said, now, nope, Taysom Hill, he's going to focus on being a tight end. That's what we're going to do. 
Jameis Winston is back in the fold uh, with New Orleans. They may still be looking for a quarterback, but it's certainly not going to be Taysom Hill. That now has turned into a bad decision by Taysom Hill to sign that contract because he might have been able to go play quarterback somewhere else had he not signed that quarterback that uh, contract. I will take a break. NBA news on the other side. We'll uh, check with the league. We are getting very close to NBA playoffs beginning. We're also getting very close to Major League Baseball starting. So we'll talk about all that on the other side. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open 384-1450-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. You can reach the show that way. Get your last-minute text into the show at 414-1450. Don't forget, uh, Big X 2022 Big X Sports Radio Golf Card is now available. Card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can... uh, Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. Play each of those courses for under $25 a round, cart included. Supply is limited. Get yours today. Dexter says the Bonnies, St. Bonaventure is in New York. I did look it up during the break. Allegheny, New York. So perhaps they will have some fans in Madison Square Garden for St. Bonaventure. The fifth seed out of their region, the Bonnies, make it to the semifinals. Albert Breer, Albert Breer, Sports Illustrated, now reporting NFL owners have passed the Indianapolis-Philadelphia overtime proposal that allows for both teams to have a possession, but it's for the playoffs only. So now the rule's going to change after the regular season. Regular season, you get the ball first. If you score a touchdown, you win the game. Postseason, you get the ball first, you score a touchdown, Now the other team gets a chance to respond. I never like changing rules from regular season to postseason. It's kind of silly. It's like saying, okay, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to speed up the game in baseball by putting a runner on second base in the 10th inning and, and on forward. But when the playoffs roll around, that guy doesn't get to second base. I believe that's what they did last year. I believe that's what they did last year. We just want to speed up the regular season games. We, uh, you know, we don't want eighteen inning games in the regular season, but we can have an eighteen inning game in in the playoffs, right? I don't like that. Don't like it. Uh, if it's good for the regular season, then it should be good for the playoffs, right? Silly, silliness. If you're going to change the rule, then change it. What happens if something unforeseen goes wrong in the postseason? You didn't have a test in the regular season. At least test it in the regular season. (sighs) Good Lord. Yeah, get off my porch. Get off my lawn. All right, Texter says, so give me a prediction. Bucks and Suns back in the NBA Finals this year with Paul back. It's hard for me to think anyone can handle Phoenix in the West. Boy, I like I like uh, Memphis. The East could probably be three or four teams, but still feel like the Bucks 
are the most complete. All right, NBA last night. Um, the game that caught my eye was San Antonio. They beat Houston. Houston's not very good. San Antonio beats them 123 to 120. Uh, DeJounte Murray had 33 for the Spurs. Uh, the reason it caught my attention is because of this race that we have uh, for the play-in games, for the playoff spot to get into the playoffs. The Lakers are now only a half game ahead of the Spurs for the 10th and final spot to get into the playoff play-in games. The Pelicans beat the Lakers the other night, came back from uh, uh, Sunday night, came back from 23 down to beat the Lakers. The Pelicans are a half game ahead of the Lakers. Pelicans are in the ninth spot. Now, Spurs, Lakers, Pelicans, that's it. Those three teams are vying for the last two spots in the West. The Blazers are another four games back. Kings, Thunder, Rockets, they're out. LeBron James, in his 19th season, is leading the league in scoring. He's got no help. Anthony Davis has been hurt. Russell Westbrook has been a bust. And everybody else have just been role players who haven't done their roles very well. LeBron, by the way, if you want to watch the Lakers, they play at Dallas tonight on TNT. Dallas is a 12-point favorite. Part of the reason for that is LeBron is questionable at best. He hurt his ankle in the New Orleans game. He kept playing, played through the pain, uh, didn't go inside much after he got hurt, took some jumpers, missed some jumpers late. He's doubtful tonight. Not, not questionable, I'm sorry. He's doubtful tonight. So Dallas, who right now is the four seed in the West, is a 12-point favorite. The Lakers are in trouble. They're in big trouble. If they lose the game tonight, they are tied exact same record with San Antonio. They would both be 31 and 44, tied for 10th in the West. That is uh, 75 games. That means they each have seven games left. I've said this for a couple of weeks now. I don't think the Lakers are going to even be in the playing games. They're not going to make it. They're not good enough to make it. They don't play any defense. Russell Westbrook is out of the game at the end now in a close game. He's not even a factor at the end of games. Malik Monk's not carrying you to the playoffs. He's not. All right, back to the Texter's question. The Suns have locked up the one seed in the West. They are 61-14. and 14. Chris Paul is healthy again. Devin Booker should be an MVP candidate, although nobody's talking about it because that team is so balanced with DeAndre Ayton on the inside, Booker, Crowder, Chris Paul, uh, Bridges. That's just a really, really solid basketball team. But Devin Booker should be in the MVP conversation. Now, he might not be the most valuable player on the Suns. It might be Chris Paul because of all the things he does. But numbers-wise, look, Devin Booker, numbers-wise, is the best player on the best team in the league, record-wise. So he should be in the conversation for MVP, but he's not. Otherwise, out West, I love Memphis. They uh, won again last night. They beat Golden State 123-95. to Now, Seth Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green did not play. Load management. John Morant has been hurt for Memphis. Jaron Jackson Jr. did not play. Load management. So 
We had a lot of subs playing in the Golden State-Memphis game last night. That is the two and three seeds in the West. Grizzlies are the two seed. They're going to be the two seed. And the Warriors right now are the three seed. They're a game and a half ahead of Dallas. Um, I, I like Memphis. Here's a stat that, that blew me away. That blew me away. Dallas, or excuse me, Memphis is 18-2 and two when Ja Morant doesn't play. Early in the year, he was considered that uh, he was considered an MVP candidate, and he, and rightfully so. He was great. They're eighteen and two without him, and they're better with him. Now, record wise, percentage wise, they're not, but they're a better team with John Morant. It's ridiculous to say they're not, but they're eighteen and two without him. So what that says to me is that's just a really good team. That's a really, that's John Morant. It's not John Morant and a bunch of other guys. It's not Danny Manning and the Miracles here. It's John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain and a bunch of other guys who can play basketball. They're the two seed in the West. To me, they're the most dangerous team in the playoffs. If you are one of these playing teams, if you're the Nuggets, if you're the T-Wolves, Clippers, Pelicans, you do not want to play Memphis. Yeah, we want to, you want to get in the playoffs? Yes. You don't want to play Memphis. You'd rather play Golden State. You'd rather play Dallas. You'd rather play Utah. You don't want to play Memphis. I like Memphis in the West. I do think the Spurs are the better team. Memphis is the better story. And if you watch Memphis games, Memphis Grizzly games, it's like watching a college atmosphere uh, down in the FedEx Forum. They're having fun, man. This is not, this is not just business. It is business. We know that. But these guys are having fun. Boston lost to Toronto last night, 115-112 in overtime. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown did not play. Load management, my least favorite thing in the world. Pascal Siakam have 40 for Toronto. They win the game in overtime. What that does, it knocks the Celtics from the one seed to the four seed in one night. Sixers, Bucks, Celtics are tied but mathematically, the Celtics have played two more games. They're one and one in those two more games, so they're fourth. Uh, Sixers and Bucks are tied with the 46 and 28 records. They're a game behind the Miami Heat, who beat Sacramento last night and moved back into that one seed. That ended a four-game losing streak for Miami. I agree with the texter. I have no idea who's coming out of the East. I like the Sixers, but James Harden has been terrible in the playoffs his entire career. The Sixers got James Harden to get them to the finals. They've got Embiid. Those two guys are supposed to carry them to the final. Um, I I would take Milwaukee just based on the fact that you got Giannis, you got Middleton, you play defense. I'm good with Milwaukee. Uh, if you know, if you made me put a week's salary on it, I'm taking Milwaukee. But I have no idea. Tony Burke uh, texts that uh, it's ridiculous that a 31-44 and 44 team is even eligible to make the playoffs. Well, just like baseball, just like the NFL, they want more and more teams in the postseason for money, re monetary reasons, and viewership. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Tony Burke, I think, will join me in studio. Thanks for listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.